Welcome back to Overdue. I'm Mrs. Watts, your Annex Librarian. And I'm Coach Hill, your main building librarian. In today's episode, we finish with the VSBA. So I did not get my reading done. I have to be honest. Um, so we are finishing up our questions for Battle of the Books, just coming up in a little bit. And so I was writing questions for three of our books and had to kind of refresh myself on that. So I read um, or kind of skimmed over again, Killers of the Flower Moon, um, which is nonfiction about the Osage Nation. And I forgot how good that book is. Yeah, I remember you liking it. It... Like I felt all the things all over again, even though I was just kind of thumbing through it. It was just a great book. Um, and then the other was um, She Drives Me Crazy, which is realistic fiction, high school, very cheesy, very like fun and just goofy. Reindeer. Reindeer, the fighting reindeer. Yep. And then the last one was Little Thieves, which is a fantasy and kind of a... Um, you liked that one, didn't you? Suspense mystery. Yes, I did. I liked it a lot. It was really good, um, which that they're actually going to have a sequel oh, to okay. that one. Um, How do you feel about that? I, uh, to be honest, I feel like it could easily stand alone because there's I just... I feel like sequels just disappoint more often yeah, than not. Yeah. It, there was so much in that book that I feel like it it was a lot and it ended well. That's how I felt with um, Defy the Night, I think it was, which yeah. was VSBA for me, one of the ones mm-hmm. I did. And I enjoyed it, YA fantasy. Um, and there's a new, we have the second one, Defend yeah. the Dawn, and I have yet to read it. Yeah. Because I did enjoy, I mean, I wasn't in love with it, but I did enjoy Defy the Night. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think I'm, I don't want to be, I don't want it to be ruined by a sequel. I'm like nervous to read the sequel. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. I'm like, I don't know if I even really want to just, I don't want it to reframe what I thought about. The, I don't know. Right. I don't know how I, I understand. About it. I understand. I don't think it's necessary because I think it was such a good book and it was just all the different elements they had. I felt the same way about Defy yeah. the Night. Like it was, it was done well. It was, uh-huh. it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. And although it was opened up for another one, it still could just be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. The book I was reading before I kind of fin- rerouted back to the VSBA was the surprising power of a good dumpling by Y Chim. Um, and it is the story of a girl. She has two younger siblings. Um, her mother, we, I can't really tell what's going on with mom yet. Um, there's some kind of mental illness there where she, she just stays in bed. Um, I've yet to hear her talking about a third of the way through the book. Um, and so the daughter, this oldest daughter, she, takes care of the younger two. Her dad has a restaurant about an hour and a half away from where they live. Um, and so he like has a cot in the restaurant that he stays at. So it's, it's truly just the three of them kind of fending for themselves most of the time. And, and, um, because of that, she doesn't really devote much time into herself or her own interests. She's always taking care of her siblings. And so, um, like I said, I'm only about a third of the way into this one, but it hints at her kind of having a love for cooking like her dad does. And so I'm, I'm sure that's going to um, play into the direction of the story. Sure. But that's kind of where I'm at. Cool. And I'll continue to read that one um, and finish it up. I'll be looking forward to talking about it next time. What'd you read? 
So I actually read another book on the VSBA list because mm-hmm. of the change of Battle of the Books that we talked about a few weeks ago. And this is one you hadn't read yet. Correct. Okay. Yes. This was The Darkness Outside Us by Elliot Schreffer. Um, this is sci-fi. Mm-hmm. So this is in the future. There are two countries left on Earth. I'm not going to try to pronounce them, but you kind of get the impression that it's very like maybe USA and Russia-ish, okay. uh, very Cold War-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're looking to uh, colonize in space uh, because Earth is seemingly not going to be around for that much longer, maybe. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of the main characters, Ambrose, his sister has been set off to start a colony on one of the moons of Saturn. And then a distress beacon comes, so something's wrong. So he and the other main character, Kodiak, uh, who is from kind of the Russia country, okay, um, are set off to go save her. Now, they're on a ship, and they actually don't know that the other one is on the ship. They kind of find that out uh, while they're in space. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're on this ship. They kind of each have their own half of the ship. Okay. So they're on this ship together on their way out to Saturn to try to save Ambrose's sister. Um, the only thing guiding the ship is kind of like this AI. It's a, they call it OS operating system. It's everything's been programmed to, there's just little like robot that roams around that does tasks and stuff. <laughs> and so they have all these tasks that they have to complete. There's been damage to the ship. They have to harvest an asteroid for water and stuff. And, uh, just kind of all these maintenance tasks mm-hmm. to keep the ship running, to get them out there uh, to save, to save his sister. There's a point where they become a little suspicious of OS, um, that maybe they're not getting the total truth about things. Okay, that maybe there's some other motives. Um. And they find out in the center of the ship, like in the engine room, they end up finding, this is spoiler alert big time if anyone's going to read this book. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't spoil the whole book, but this is still kind of, this this part happens like halfway through the book. Um, you find out, or they find clones of themselves oh. in the, kind of the engine room Creepy. area. And so what's happening is... Uh, They've actually been in space for thousands of years. Uh, they're they're like at the edge of the Milky Way, way past Saturn. Um, and what they're intended to do is to go start the next human colony, like well beyond on this like exoplanet. Um, and the point of the clones is that the ship does require maintenance on this trip that's taking thousands and thousands of years. So when it needs this maintenance, it essentially wakes up these clones, uh, convinces them that, or, you know, when, when they, when they were cloned, they think that they're on this mission to go to this moon of Saturn. So they're doing all these tasks. And then once the tasks are complete, the ship essentially kills them, uh, and then just keeps riding through space until it needs more maintenance then. And then it wakes up another set of clones. So they kind of become privy to it and then they leave clues, I guess maybe is how I'll say it uh, for like future versions of themselves. 
So, so like when the book opens with Ambrose and Kodiak, like it's not the original Ambrose yeah. and Kodiak. It's, it's a clone somewhere along the way. Oh my goodness. Um, so it was, it was interesting. Yeah. I, the, the sci-fi aspect of it for me, I have, I have a ton of respect for, for sci-fi dystopian fantasy writers that can create these worlds and mm-hmm. these scenarios yeah. uh, and write within them. Uh, that said, the sci-fi part of it, although interesting, uh, was a bit generic for me. Yeah. Um, and another thing that I didn't totally get, and maybe I got it at the end, and this is kind of the, maybe where I'm I'm not going to spoil everything, but there was a romantic relationship between Ambrose and Kodiak that went on and on and on uh, throughout the entire novel, essentially. And I didn't quite understand why, other than the fact that, you know, they're the only two people um, I don't know. I, I was having a hard time fitting the relationship into the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was there nonetheless. Yeah. Now, again, the way that the book ends, maybe it made a little bit more sense to me, but I'm, at this point I'm undecided. Gotcha. So I will say that there was a point where when I got to the part where where they were clones and then they were killed and then we realized that uh, the ship was going to wake up clones as needed and then these future clones were kind of rebelling back against OS and blah, 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 um, that I was flipping the pages a little bit quicker, that yeah. it was getting a little bit more interesting for me. Um, and I'm not trying to say that the sci-fi wasn't original. It just felt a, a tad bit generic yeah. to me. And that said, I'm not a huge sci-fi reader, so take that for what it's worth. But overall, I enjoyed it. I just didn't quite understand some of it. Yeah. Um, but that was The Darkness Outside Us by Elliot Schreffer. And I got all my questions written for nice. that one. So that was the main goal. Well, that I know one. that there have been a couple of books that like maybe we anticipate or question what a student's response Absolutely. is to the book. And this so is one be, that, yes, that's a great point. You know, we did that with a book that I read that I struggled with and the student loved it. Yes. Our students loved it. So I think it'll it's be... possible too, especially at the end of a school year, yeah. right? Where you and I are reading a ton of YA mm-hmm. um, that we're just a little bit flooded sure, with the YA genre as, as adults in their thirties. Yeah. And there are adults in their thirties. I've mentioned this before that read primarily YA, and that's great. We're not those people. Yeah. Uh, even though it's, we read it as part of our job. Right. We're not those people generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely um, don't take these books home. Right. So, right. Um, I mean, I was just talking to you before we were recording about what I'm planning on reading this summer, which is uh, an adult reread for me. Like right. I just, yeah. Um, but it, and and so it might be that it's May now, yeah. Right, end of April when I'm reading this, and I'm just a little flooded with the genre and the characteristics of the genre in general. Sure. That I'm a little bit not negative, but I'm a little bit just, and not over it, but just a little bit more. Um, what's the word? I know. Not yeah. frustrated. I'm just a little bit. Uh, I'm. It, it just settles differently. It just hits different than maybe it would yeah. have if I would have read it in September. Yeah. Well, with all that said, I'll be curious now to talk to our um, our students. About yeah, because when think. when this airs, yeah. we'll have had practice on that that morning. Yeah. Uh, so I'll be curious to see who read this one and and just their general thoughts on it. Yeah, it's always fun to compare that. Yeah. So we'll take a break, um, and we'll come back with what we're reading next. But first, we'll hear a book preview uh, from White House High School student Scarlett Betancourt of the book Illegal by Francisco X. Stork. 
Scarlett chose the passage uh, that she's reading because it shows uh, the perspective on the behalf of the protagonist, Emiliano, when he was getting snuck into the States and what most Hispanics had felt thinking the whole plan would go to waste. It shows basically how it works, what is felt, and the tension that the book leaves you on to know if Emiliano has a success. Hi, this is Scarlett Benincourt. I chose Illegal by Francisco X. Stork. This book is about two siblings, Sara and Emiliano, who are threatened by deadly cartel to a death sentence. Their only solution was to flee to the U.S. to get a better life and decrease the chances of them getting killed by them. Here is a short passage of when Emiliano was getting snuck into the U.S. and how he felt during that time. I'm going to tap the brakes three times when I see the border control. You'll feel the trailer lurch. After that, no sneezing or any other noises that don't sound like a horse, alright? I sneezed again. Practice squeezing your nose and holding your breath before we get there. The whole thing won't take but 30 seconds. You won't die if you don't breathe for 30 seconds. Either that or practice making your sneezes sound like a snort. I hope he's okay in there, I heard my father say. Uh, he'll be fine. Then a door closed and the engines roared. I smelled exhaust and we were off. I removed some of the hay from my face and placed it by my chest where I could reach for it and cover myself when the time came. The horse breathed on my face. Stop it, I told him. You stink. The horse shook his head and made in what sounded an awful lot like a mischievous laughter. It would be half an hour or so before we reached a border patrol checkpoint. I put my hands over my adobamen and to still the nervous cramps that I was getting. Small pieces of a straw somehow found their way into my armpits. Drops of perspiration rolled from the top of my head down to my forehead and into my eyes. I knew it wasn't the heat that was causing the perspiration. Are you afraid? That's what you are. Speaking to myself was another sign of fear. I couldn't stop thinking of all the that would be lost if I got caught. Not just my life, although the fear of losing what was considerable. It was Sarah's sacrifice and my mother's, my poor mother choosing to be without her son and daughter so that we could live, so that I could be the person God wanted me to be. But did I believe in God? Did I? Something happened to me out there in the desert when I thought I was going to die. That made me, what, believe? Yes. It was a kind of new belief. I started to believe, if not in God, then the need of something good with my life. Why not? I asked the horse. Don't you think I'm capable of doing something good with my life? I know that my recent past, well, I made some mistakes, but you probably have too. Don't look at me like that. I'm not just saying all this because I'm scared in any way. You would be scared too if the rules were reversed. If I get caught, I could die. My sister could die. There are girls who are suffering right now, being forced into different kinds of slavery who will never get any help unless we get the names hiding in the cell phone. So you have to act normal when we get to the border patrol. Don't prick up your ears like you do when you see me coming. The horse only nibbled on the hay on my hair. Then I felt the trailer slow down and lurch three times. If... It was Gustav letting me know that we were approaching the checkpoint. 
I reached down to the sides and threw as much hay as I could over my legs. The horse sensed that something dangerous was about to take place because he neighed and then I heard the sound of his hooves on the trailer. I had this incredible urge to pray. I thought of my mother and Sara, saying the rosary together and now I wished I had not made fun of them so often. Suddenly I realized that was not that we had stopped and the words help me came out of my lips i buried my face deeper in the blanket grabbed a few more strands of hay and placed them over the top of the blanket the horse's big head hovered over me there was a thumping coming from somewhere then i felt that it was my heart i inhaled and held my breath after a silence that had lasted longer than i could hold my breath i heard a strange deep gruff voice Good morning, sir. Can you get out of the car and open the trailer for me? Okay, next for me, uh, I guess kind of along the VSBA theme because this author, Rex Ogle, uh, has a book in this year's VSBA list, mm -hmm. Punching Bag, that you read mm -hmm. and enjoyed. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to be reading another book by him called Abuela, Don't Forget Me. Um, I think that it's about his grandmother and uh, perhaps uh, some sort of dementia. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not a hundred percent on that, but it kind of just based on the title. And I think when I bought it, that's what I read, but yeah. I'll confirm that when we, when we record uh, for our last episode of the school year, which will be the next that's one, wild. but this will be my last, my last book uh, for, for the 2022, 2023 school year. Abuela, don't forget me by Rex Ogle. What's cool. yours? Mine is, I just pulled it off your shelf. It is A Face for Picasso. It's a memoir by Ariel Henley. Um, she's a twin and I cannot remember. I, I don't remember from the blurb I read what, how her, she and her twin were conjoined or, or what the dynamic was, but they've had multiple surgeries to, I mean, keep them alive, restructure their, their head and their face and different things. And so it's, it's her story of going through that and, um, you know, the societal, uh, piece of that, you know, fitting in with society and in that circumstance. And so, um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be good. So that's a face for Picasso. I'm also going to finish the surprising power of a good dumpling. So I'll have a couple. cool. And then next week we'll, we'll talk about those. Obviously we'll, we'll recap our, our reads for the year. Mm -hmm. Talk about what we liked. Yep. Um, and talk about what we're picking up over the summer. Yeah. That'll be good. But right now it's time for us to check out. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at BDP underscore library and share us with a friend. And don't forget to check back with us every other Wednesday for the next episode of overdue make time to read. Thanks for listening. <laughs>